Welcome back to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob, episode 90. Got a, a longtime friend of the program, regular guest, someone we haven't seen in way too long, it feels like. My man, Josh yeah, Boker. It's, it's Josh, been how a you doing? While. We haven't talked since, I think, the deadline. So it's been the ramifications mm-hmm. of that. I think re-listening to that is probably going to be somewhat of a mistake, I feel like, because I probably made some, some wrong errors there. Yeah, I mean, we were probably wrong in many ways, but hey, who knows, we might have been right in some ways as well. Um, We're going to be hearing a lot more from you, though, definitely as this NBA season wraps up and we head into the playoffs, as well as we're going to start talking about the NFL draft sometime soon, which should be exciting. But let's get into some uh, NBA topics today. We're just going to go through, I don't know, seven or eight stories in the NBA, touch a little NFL, and then wrap up. A little shorter pod for you heading into the weekend, but... We wanted to talk some ball. So let's start off, Josh, with um, Luka Doncic last night, his game winner against the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, they're down two, and he the best way to describe it would be he took like a running floater in between two guys, kept his feet perfectly behind the three-point line to hit a three at the buzzer to upset, or not upset, just to beat John Morant and the Grizzlies in a big game for the Mavericks, seeing as they're um, in seventh in the uh, – Western Conference and the Grizzlies are the eight seed. They do have a two and a half game lead on them, but still important in terms of seeding there. Um, one of the craziest uh, buzzer beaters I've seen, Josh. I don't think it's like to the level of maybe last year when he hit it in the playoffs, just turn terms of the moment, yeah. but the actual shot itself, unbelievable. Yeah, What'd you I, think? yeah exactly. I, it's the same thing. Um, maybe one of the best, like, yeah, mechanically buzzer beaters I've, I've ever seen because on top of that like not only was that an insane shot but the fact he kept it behind the fucking three-point line is still the most insane part to me um and shout out uh Grayson Allen of missing two free throws in a row to make that happen on top of that because he could have iced the game Grayson Allen he's a he's a 90% free throw shooter missed two free throws that game the most critical <laughs> of the entire game can't trust Duke can't trust yeah it's it's, uh it's something and it's just like it's almost this level of luka dominance already it's almost like a fucking storybook you know like a it's a fairy tale it's insane it it really is it's and i what i I was gonna ask you my next point on this is luka is my favorite player in the nba that's not on the warriors he's my favorite player to watch probably in general besides when steph curry is on fire i mean dame time towards the end is Mm -hmm. pretty great too but i think luka has many of those moments as well how many years until this dude's the best player in the league? Fuck, you know, because is it? I kind of think it's when Durant, LeBron, Steph are gone. Tim and Giannis. Okay, it's Luca. Yeah, I, and I would take I would take Luca over Giannis and Zion for the future. Just I think he's a competitor, obviously. So is Zion on Giannis, but just the offensive skill that Luca has is just special. He's he's one of. He's the be- he was the best rookie I've ever seen in my life, and every year of his career, he's the best second-year player I've ever seen in my life, the third year, and so on and so on. And that's keeping in mind the unbelievable starts of players like LeBron, Anthony Davis, and that's not just hating, it's just Luka has been that electric, and I think the metrics back it up. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think his efficiency is off the charts. His three-point shooting, which is something I was worried about at the beginning of the season, has dramatically improved, too, where he's actually... He's he's like a lethal three point shooter at this point, and at the start of the mm-hmm. season he was you know sub thirty five in the thirty two range, which is fine. Yeah. But when you want like your primary 
shooter and score every primary everything you want it to be at least in the high 30s yeah maybe 40s if you're like his defense josh as well has gotten a lot better and i think i think we can agree on this it's kind of luca came into the season obviously a abnormal season with the shortened off uh, off season less rest luca in a way kind of played himself into shape so we've seen as the season has gone on he's gotten a lot better defensively and i think that that would be hold true with the same with his three-point shot um yeah i think luca the thing with luca is if the western conference right now we're gonna get to how it's a little shaken up i don't want to get too far ahead but lebron's dealing with injuries anthony davis obviously who knows if we can actually trust the Clippers? Hey, six and zero since they got Rondo though. The Warriors obviously no Clay this year. Who knows what's going on? The Nuggets dealing with injuries. Luca is that great of level of a player that I think the Mavs. You can't rule them out. I'm not saying I think they're going to do it, but Luca is that good, and I think I have been too much of a hater on Kristaps Porzingis this year because he's actually been playing pretty well as yeah, of late in the Mavs the pieces around Luca including Josh Richardson who I hated on coming along very nicely you were in on Josh I Richardson was. so I'll give you Thank credit you. for that yeah I well I just think this Mavericks team is still kind of like very hastily put together and it's still not great obviously like this I like Brunson I do like Brunson Brunson's fantastic it's, it's kind of a shame that he's gonna be Luca's backup for you know the, the, his whole stretch in Dallas and I wonder if it's going to be like a Eric Bledsoe situation and you know the Clippers for them for eventually where he kind of gets his own team but anyways uh yeah I the one thing I'm worried about is the Mavericks organization where they need to put someone together with Luka early if he's this good this quickly still is the thing is I don't I still don't as much as you know you like Christophe Porzingis right now it's it's I don't know if it's the guy you want to pair with Luca for the rest Mm-mm. of his career. I agree. Is the thing that worries me. Oh no! Even though they're both young. Yeah, this is a very young version of this yeah. team. Like I don't think for this is the squad sure. that will for- be. But I do like Tim Hardaway Jr. a lot. I do like they have some pieces that I think you keep around. Um, will be interesting, and I think one thing to remember is that in the bubble last year they didn't have Jalen Brunson or Dwight Powell. One Dwight Powell when he's I think I've seen I've liked what I've seen of him lately. Obviously getting back from the injury and Jalen Brunson didn't play either, and I think that's big, especially in a Western Conference marred with injuries. But I completely agree with your point. This is not like, for lack of a better comparison, like the when LeBron had the Heat around him or when Steph and Clay had their like top peak version of the Warriors going with them. This is not Luca's A team by any stretch. Yeah, the my my worry is that. You want to take advantage of Luca's rookie contract right now because you only have one more year left. So mm-hmm. if you want to pair somebody, like if you want to get another max contract, you got to do it within this off season. So um, if the, if they want to compete right now, but maybe they just move off of Chris Stops eventually. But it's that's just going to be unfortunate if if that is the case. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree. The yeah, only I just don't see a move. I, I agree. I mean, I I don't think, but somebody's got to be out there. Somebody's. Like the Thunder might yeah. even take mm-hmm. him for for a first rounder or something like that, you know. Like I I don't know. There's teams out there. Oh, I I also think that this is a very off tangent, but we're getting close in the career of a guy like Carl Anthony Towns to where he could possibly get moved. We're like a year or two away from that, wouldn't yeah. you say? Yeah, I, I definitely. That's that's an interesting conversation that I think that's just like a ticking tie bomb eventually because you you know they have D'Lo. It's not like the Timberwolves are going to become they, good. They have D'Lo coming off the what? bench. 
by the way, right now. I don't know if you, you knew that, but it's it's really weird. I have not watched Timberwolves <laughs> basketball that much. Who they got? Isn't Beasley suspended, yeah. though? So who they got starting at the Rubio. point? It's Rubio and Edwards. And Edwards oh, takes, he takes like 30 shots a game Edward, and then makes like eight of them. It's, it, the Timberwolves are such a funny team. Uh, they really are. Yeah, they're, but they're you awesome. actually you want to root for them to win a couple more games, to be honest, because you wanted them. Yeah, because they can't get a top yeah, three pick. Yeah, so I want that number mm-hmm. four for the so Warriors. Just like a little bit safer um, than that. Yeah. So, Josh, let's go to the next thing. Um, actually, some sad news today. Lamarcus Aldridge announced he was retiring from the NBA, dealing with a, a heart condition. I believe it was an irregular heartbeat. Is yeah, that correct, Josh? Yeah. And uh, yeah. Um, and it sucks because LaMarcus Aldridge, um, not only has he been a great player in his time in the NBA, um, he's also seemed like a great dude. And yeah, he might be a dinosaur in these times, but it it sucks because I think he was close to finally maybe getting a chance to get that ring. And we saw he was somewhat productive in Brooklyn. And so it sucks to see his career get sh- cut short by this, but obviously wish him the best. Take care of yourself. LaMarcus Aldridge had a great career. Um, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. What'd you take from it? Yeah, I think uh, I was probably pretty wrong about the Lamarcus Aldridge this season, at the very least. I, I think he was he was actually surprisingly productive so far in the minutes he's played with Brooklyn, and of course, you know his career. I, I don't know, just his years with Portland are just iconic. Him and him and Dame, even though I think him and Dame only played like three years, maybe maybe two. Mm-hmm. Didn't get along that Didn't, well either. Yeah, but I don't know if you saw it too. Is Damian Lillard is clamoring for the Blazers to retire his jersey like immediately, which is which is just very very oh. tasteful. Like good good I on like him. That. Yeah, and I just Lamarcus Aldridge is one of the most uh, interesting bigs because I think he he might have been a little too soon. I think because I think he would have killed if he was just like five or ten years later because that that kind of stretch big would have been ridiculous. Yeah, but the thing I don't know though because. The thing with Aldridge is he did eventually agree to start shooting, but it was a forced process in San Antonio when he didn't want to. And peak Aldridge, yes, he did have the good fadeaway, but he was in the post. I would make the argument you throw him maybe 10 or 15 years earlier, he might be better. But I see if he came up in today's era, like it developed, been shooting more, probably hopefully a little lighter on his feet on the defensive end. But uh, it's interesting with a guy like when you think about that, though, that conversation we're having with Aldridge, there's when you talk about bigs like that, there's two paths. There's the like, hey, throw him 10 to 15 years earlier. He could really work on the block or, hey, put him 10 to 15 years later where maybe the bigs are more developed as uh, as playmakers and playing on the wings and shooting. I don't know. I think the the better bet is probably back back in the day. But with guys like Joel Embiid and Jokic this year, maybe we could see that being proved wrong. Um, did you have any worries though? You want to talk about the Nets any yeah, a little so, bit before we go into other stuff? Here's the thing: is obviously he was he was productive for the Nets right this this season because we're we're going to talk about the implications that this retirement has, and also I do think he's still yeah. eligible for a ring. I think if Brooklyn wins the title, I mean it's not like an earned ring necessarily, but like I think he could still. Yeah, he yeah. is. I forget that happened recently with something. So, and I remember that it was so, like yeah. Avery Bradley and people that get traded. From like, for example, I think uh, uh, like Harris Lever and Jared Allen could potentially still get a ring if they wanted to, which is just fucking nuts to me. Like that, that's weird. But they're yeah. still eligible technically. Um, but anyways, um, 
I think this is actually good for the Nets for him to retire in, in a weird way because obviously you lose talent and that that part of it's bad, right? You lose one less guy. I, I just think that the 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 uh, the front court was just so crowded with with a lot of talent and good guys that like you weren't gonna have minutes for guys like Claxton and and Blake Griffin at center. Mm-hmm. Who's been playing? He has well. been, and they give you something completely different with Claxton at, at at the center. And I mean, that's why I'm I'm happy because this will mean more Claxton. Maybe it means more Blake Griffin at the four, which he was playing alongside Aldridge when they did play. And it, it was just kind of weird. Um, and then of course, also you have Jeff Green too. And then I haven't even mentioned DeAndre Jordan, who's been benched since they've picked up Lamarcus Aldridge, which is also just wild. But I I think. But we knew that was going to happen when they signed yeah. him. We knew and it's just crazy that it's just crazy that the NBA. Sorry, it's no, a tangent, no. but it's just crazy, Josh, that the NBA is at a point where they wanted Steph and KD so bad, or not Steph, Kyrie and KD, which understandably great players. That they're like, yeah, we'll just give DeAndre Jordan ten mil a year, and just when we, when we get good, they're like, oh God, no, he's not touching mm-hmm. the floor. No way. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, but yeah, that's just the fact. Uh, Claxton's pretty much outplaying him and doing everything. I, I will say, since James Harden's out. Claxton has kind of regressed a little bit, so he might need Harden to be like the perfect pick and roll partner with him for it. Help him be like a Capella, yeah, and and but which is which is great for Harden, of course, uh, for a basketball fit. But like, I, I just don't, I don't uh-huh. see it really working super well with with just Kyrie and uh, KD. But I mean, it, maybe we'll see. Well, maybe it's just going to take a little bit to work him back into the offense, into the new offense of when KD is back and you know healthy again. Uh, but yeah, I think there's there was um, a lot of reports that uh, the Nets were going to be kind of switching around their their rotation and their lineups come playoff times to match up differently with you know Philly or Milwaukee depending on who they play regarding their bigs at least because obviously the big three are going to be in regardless. And I just don't see that like that just that never works ever. I feel like you want to play your guys that you know and you can trust. So I think this is working out for the best because it kind of forces you to play all your all your bigs that are good when they're good and then sit them in the, in the playoffs mm-hmm. when you feel like you can not play them or not keep them on the floor so I, I think it's a good thing where too many guys i don't know if too many guys is ever like a serious problem but it is you know it's it's nicer to have your rotation kind of forced for you in a sense yeah um i do i from my perspective on this of how it affects the nets and it's just kind of how I've thought about the Nets all year since they got Harden. They just have so much damn offense that it's until, like, and then there's all this injury talk and people are like, how does that make you feel about the Nets? It's like, until it's a playoff game and I'm told KD and Harden and Kyrie aren't playing, I'm not worried. I think they're going to all suit up for every playoff game. And I think that that talent at a certain point just is overwhelming. And, yes, um, I, in a weird way, I do think this this is beneficial losing Aldridge because I think a guy like Claxton is better fit with all those stars because, yes, Aldridge can get his shot and stuff, but when you have those three guys on the floor, Harden, Kyrie, KD, well, what the fuck do you need LaMarcus Aldridge shooting fadeaways for? You want Claxton, who's going to work, get boards, play good, hard defense. I, so I like your point there. I do there. think Embiid's going to destroy him, though. I, I no well Embiid is gonna destroy. It wasn't yeah. like Aldridge was gonna no, do anything. No, you're absolutely right. It, they're just they got bodies. If though. you're the Nets, you need to accept. If you're any team outside of Milwaukee, really, because I truly think that the only big man in the Eastern Conference playoffs, yeah, 
the only one that you could have a shot at throwing Embiid at. There's two actually. I would would feel comfortable with Bam Adebayo. Or like, but I also weirdly, and if you disagree, tell me. I still think if it really comes to it, it's a game seven, Milwaukee and Philly. Throw fucking Giannis on him. Giannis is big. He is an athlete. Yes, Embiid might have a weight advantage there and a little height. It's probably pretty close actually with the mm-hmm. height. But um, I think that that's a card the Bucks could pull. Um, especially with Ben Simmons' regression offensively the last month or so. We don't need to get into that, but that's no been interesting. Let's talk about um, the worst news possible, Josh. The literally fucking worst thing ever. Um, Jamal Murray out for the year, a non-contact injury in the last like 40 seconds of a game versus the Warriors. Um, it, it was the ACL. Yeah. yeah, ACL tear. And so basically that fucking sucks because, one, obviously – we're not going to get Jamal Murray a part of this Denver run, which I will talk about in a second. I really thought they had a serious shot at winning the NBA Finals this year. Not only the West, because I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, they th- I thought they could win the West. It's like, no, I think they could have won it all. Now, I don't think there is a chance. But this also, you got to think about it. This crushes them for next year as well, because at best, at best case scenario, what Jamal Murray is coming back at the end of next season and is on what like a minutes restriction going into the playoffs it just sucks when you have a young team like this and you think that you have all the time in the world Josh when you got Jokic you got Murray Michael Porter Jr you just get Aaron Gordon young it's crazy how small that window actually is because of just the freak shit that happens and I mean yes the for example the Warriors enjoyed their window and it was thought to go on a little longer, and then Clay Thompson misses basically two, two straight se- or misses two straight seasons. So this fucking sucks to you. I don't know how to pitch it to you. <laughs> it's just this sucks. This sucks. Yeah. No. I I seriously had them as star horse candidates for yeah for winning the whole thing. I I 100% agree. They played the Clippers like two weeks ago, I think, and that was the most terrifying game I think I've seen this Clippers team play uh, so far, like this year. And it was just Aaron Gordon and and Michael Porter Jr. alone defensively locked in was just terrifying. It's wild. They're so long and so big that they can just get anywhere on the floor that they want to and just stifle even Kawhi. Like, Kawhi was frustrated, clearly, and that's scary to me. So, one thing is, obviously, you still have those two guys in this run. But the Jamal Murray factor is, like, one of the— greatest confidence boosters to have a guy on his caliber to get that can get hot at any moment right who was playing at bubble level the last couple months he was averaging over 24 points per game something like that i don't have the exact stats in front of me but he's Mm -hmm. been killing it since really the all-star break uh, a little before the all-star break i think even and aaron gordon was fitting in seamlessly Mm -hmm. he was fantastic Dude, the two-man game between uh, Jokic and Murray is so beautiful mm-hmm. to watch. And the fact that we're getting robbed of that for it's this rough. playoffs sucks. Um, Nuggets were probably er, them in the heat, but my favorite team to watch in the playoffs last year, they, they were goddamn so much fun to watch. I, I disagree a little bit, but, you know. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. They, you got, what'd you, oh, you blew it. Yeah, something lead. like that, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but, but, yeah, it's... Uh... I can't imagine that happening to me <laughs> against my least favorite... Imagine, imagine. I've said this before, but imagine your team blowing a three-one yeah. lead, your favorite team, to your least I favorite never, person in the history of the world. I didn't think about that until now. That that's also like another added level of hatred for you. Yeah. Like, it's just yeah. At tough. least 
but I thank At God. Least it didn't I still happen really like Jokic, so it still is like it's hard to be like completely yeah. devastated. I mean, it was devastating completely, but like. At least it's like ah, good for Jokic. Yeah. Like he's he's so much fun to watch. Um, but yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess we'll get into the Jokic MVP case real quick because I mean, the one good news is it's going to completely strengthen his case as as long as he continues doing what they're doing. Or is it? You know, you you're gonna do or the turn. It? You're gonna you're gonna zag. I here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. I think Jokic. I, I think it's a coin flip between Jokic and Embiid right now. I would favor Jokic, but. In the back of every voter's mind, so we're going into this stretch, and yeah, what if the Nuggets just, you know, they coast, they haven't been doing that well the last week, but let's say they coast and they keep their seat or whatever, I don't know if they're going to choose Jokic over Embiid when they're like, ah, or we really want to give the guy the MVP who's going to lose in the first round of the playoffs, and have to, when Embiid theoretically could go to the Eastern Conference Finals, farther we don't know, I think that if the Nuggets just roll... Yes, I think this helps Jokic, but in a weird way, I think the lack of a ceiling in the playoffs hurts his MVP chances because that's kind of in the back of the voters' minds. Okay, yeah, that's 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 an interesting case. I I think you're right. There there might be something about that where you don't want to award the guy because I think they usually give the MVP award not until like it takes a minute for them to kind of like do the whole ceremony, and obviously you don't want to award it to him when it's like I don't know games. Four, game five when you're down three one or something like that right but um i i still think that the fact that, that Jokic is health has held up and i think that's the most important thing in this mvp race because yeah Embiid peak was probably better than Jokic, probably um but the thing is Jokic is going to wind up playing almost 15 20 games more than him i i mean I, I don't see how you can the, the Embiid case is just I feel like lost at that point. If they're gonna produce similar numbers, I just think you got to give it to Jokic just for longevity, really. And I mean, mm-hmm. if they can keep a top four seed, I, I think in in the West that's ridiculous. I think the narrative is gonna be he did this by himself without Murray, and it's the loaded Western Conference. I I, I just think that the media is mm-hmm. kind of swaying that way. Maybe there'll be one more one more kick before the last week where maybe. I don't know. MB just puts up these fifty-point games back to back, but yeah, I I mm-hmm. I I lean Jokic, but it's close. yeah, I, I think something seriously would have to happen with Jokic where he just his numbers just fall off a cliff, and or and or the Nuggets mm-hmm. fall off a cliff as well and go down to like the sixth or seventh seed. I think that's the only way he loses yeah. it. It's it's his to lose. I I don't think it's necessarily Embiid's to win. In my in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, let's go to uh, so what also happened in that Jamal Murray uh, when he got hurt. They're playing the Warriors. Steph Curry passed Wilt Chamberlain for the all-time Warriors scoring record. Um, Curry right now has is averaging like thirty point four points per game this season. The last month he's been averaging thirty nine point eight points Jesus. per game. He's on pace to pass Ray Allen for the all-time three point record like middle of next year. He has like eleven games with over ten three pointers, and the next person is Clay with five. Mm-hmm. He's just I say all that. He's just been an absolutely incredible this year. Peak of power, Steph Curry. Obviously, the Warriors don't have much of a team around him. I I, I really hope they get into a playing game. You don't want to play Absolutely Steph not. Curry. We've though. been saying That's this the say. entire year. Um, you know, it's a, yeah, it's scary. 
how many more years, Josh, though, do you think we have Curry at the peak of his powers? Because I'll say after, I think like three That's, or four. Yeah, I was going to say two or three probably at this peak. I still think he's going to be extremely effective for the next, you know, five to ten maybe even. But, like, I, I think just yeah. the – Eventually, he's gonna have to probably lose some of that speed, but I mean, because that's that's a big part of his game is just how fast he can get up and down the court and just fucking just sh- mm-hmm. chuck up a shot that just miraculously goes in. Um, yeah, I, I I really this is maybe I don't know about you, but this co- this stretch of games, like this season alone, is some of the best single season Curry I've ever seen. And I was I was gonna gauge your opinion. Does this top? either the MVP performances just because no no team success um I mean this year has been incredible but that when they went 73 and 9 and he obviously was unanimous MVP he gets shit for that because no one else had been a unanimous MVP before which is not his fault obviously so that should have happened before wasn't Shaq um, unanimous one year Maybe I remember yeah, it was it was it, it, he him and Sha- I thought it was like him and Shaq were the only people, but like but maybe I sorry if that's wrong though. Yeah, yeah. you could be right. Um, but uh, I mean, there have been moments this year where it's just crazy to watch. But I think just how good they were in those years and having him do the same things, just winning in those big games, I think, um, kind of like makes it bigger to me. But uh, I mean. I don't know. The dude's a fucking assassin. He's the greatest shooter I've ever seen. He's he's getting to the point where he's like, you flip a coin, Magic or Curry, who do you want to be your point guard of the all-time NBA? And that's it's a tough. giant statement. We can maybe debate that on another pod, get Jeff Robbins on or some old heads to tell me <laughs> I'm stupid for that. But I don't know. The dude can pull up from anywhere, and he's just freaking redonkulous. Other thing that's going on, though, with the Warriors, Josh, you got James Wiseman. He's going to be out for a very long time. With the uh, he's getting the meniscus surgery, so um, hopefully he's doing he can get uh, healthy and then come back in a year or so, and we'll see what we can get from him. Not the best rookie year; he had moments, but uh, a little shaky. Uh, I will say, <clears throat> as someone who watches the Warriors every night, it is unbelievable how much better the Warriors look as soon as James Wiseman is gone. It's crazy when you sub Kevon Looney in and you just have them kind of of more vets around Steph and Draymond who know what to do, know where to be, aren't making those mistakes. The Warriors have looked really freaking good. And I think um, I obviously don't have championship aspirations this year for the Warriors, but I do think um, that if they, if we can see this kind of level of play continue, maybe with uh, no Wiseman and how they've started, I, I sure as hell wouldn't want to face them in that plan. And I'd pick them. If they are a 9 or 10, I would pick them to upset one of the 7 or 8. If you're talking about a team like the Blazers or um, not the Blazers, excuse me, the Grizzlies or something like that. Yeah. I uh, but Just real quick to correct myself. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Shaq was one vote shy as well. So, so yeah, it was Curry, mm-hmm. only unanimous MVP. So, sorry about that. But, yeah, no, I, uh, I was going to talk about Wiseman real quick because – He's not. He's not a bust. Like I'm. I'm not. I'm not even gonna entertain the thought of of him being a bust yet. Yeah. Because it's way too fucking early. But do you regret this draft pick as a Warriors fan? Do you Do you wish you had Lamelo or Tyrese Halliburton or even Anthony Edwards? What 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 do you stand on that? No, on Anthony Edwards. Yeah, um, I mean, when you see Lamelo Ball, some of the stuff he's done, it's like, it's hard to say. Like, I don't want that. 
but if you're trying to think that's tough i just i don't know about pairing him with steph and clay it just sounds weird and um i don't know steph and clay can play without the ball but i think that the idea of getting wiseman still makes sense it just it's a tough year to be a rookie i agree also. No, and especially when you're a dude who didn't play college basketball. I was, yeah. I think what the Warriors were dumb about is they underestimated how long, actually long, it takes to get a big, to be at that level, to be on a playoff team contributing big minutes. Because, I mean, obviously the Warriors were in some, under some sort of impression that he could do that this year, which makes no sense. And if you think about other teams in the West that we're going to get into, like Suns fans and stuff, are worried. Like, is Aiton? good enough to do that for us in the playoffs and you think about how much i mean more seasoned and better Aiton is than wiseman at this point it takes time it takes time That's yeah the, point. the the thing that scares me the most and and a lot of people have already brought it up is just because the warriors have two different teams it seems like just you know at, competitively and psychologically where you have like a development project with um uh like jordan pool and some J- james wiseman uh there's probably another young guy that i can't think of as well but those are uh, maybe Pascal, but I feel like he's not really on there. Fuck Nico Mannion. He yeah, sucks. I, re- I never liked uh, what I saw when when Nico Mannion first came out. As I'm wearing a Wildcats yeah. hat, a bear down. I hope but, he gets uh, better. I'm no, young, no, no, he sucks. young point guards. I will. Say, it, it's hard. It, it is really hard. Unless he has. Okay, that can be mm-hmm. true. He though has zero chance. <laughs> zero. I will say zero percent chance. Yeah. Uh, carry on. So my my point is like. I was willing I was about to come in on this pod if we did this like a week ago saying like are we going to blame Steve Kerr for this at the end of the season of of him trying to balance two different things of whether or not we're trying to develop Wiseman and also compete at a high level for the playoffs but it cl- I mean Steve Kerr is an idiot but it's not really his Yeah fault. I I kind of agree but I still think that you can't really do both at the same time in a sense too where you can't really develop I I think Wiseman is more of a developmental project than they initially thought but like you just can't he's not going to get a lot of his bad habits out of his system in the in a playoff you know caliber team and and that's Mm-mm. that's the thing that's scary where you almost wish that they could I don't know. They could do like a loan system, like in in soccer, or uh, uh, like a like a farm system in baseball, where you could just develop him in like other leagues. Yeah, the thing though, the Warriors, what Steve, if they were gonna take it, had to be uh, cohesive as an organization. If you were with the second pick, not gonna trade it or do any of that package it to get There was get no someone. trade. If you're going to take James Wiseman, yeah. I know. But if you're going to take James Wiseman, if you're you got to start him every yeah. game. And you got to deal, give him 25 minutes or what, however much. Let him make mistakes. You can't, what Kerr tried to do is he started him and then would pull him and like take it. And it's just like, the dude's 19. You got to let him make mistakes. Get in it. He just never was comfortable out there. And the Warriors, they, with the motion offense they run, similar to like the Spurs, it's a team you got to be comfortable with. You got to. And they're, it's, it's, a, it's tough to ask the collection of players they have right now to run a sip to be instinctually as good at running an offense as guys like when they had Livingston, Barbosa, Bogut, these guys who were just pros and vets. So it's tough. It's tough. Absolutely. And and I think the that was what I saw a lot of people calling for Kerr's head was that he his inability to adapt to Wiseman rather than just trying to force it force a system into him. And and it's just kind of like 
you don't the worst thing that you can take from out of the season is just Wiseman loses all confidence is is the is the one issue and that's something I still am a little worried about and his meniscus and, and <laughs> I guess you're right the meniscus is also one of the worst case scenarios but not for the team yeah. necessarily because I think you're right though because they they've been yeah. much better without Wiseman and I, and I don't think that's a discredit to Wiseman it's just like this this team looks better when they're not worried about their second round or second in the draft trying to fit in and look yeah. good at the same time absolutely so it just it worries me i i don't know i i just i i hope it works out for wiseman i really do because i still liked him as a prospect for this team the most even over lamello because mm-hmm. i agree with you i think the lamello fit would have been a little little shitty with with uh curry and clay long term but i i I, I don't know. I don't know what you do moving forward because you're probably you might have two lottery picks this draft as well. So it's just it's it's a weird thing. Yeah, trade for something. I, I think that's the obvious They're, thing yeah. is is try to do that. Maybe I don't know. Is Kelly Oubre his contract's up as well this off season, right? Yeah, he. I no, he. I don't know. He I'll got paid up. recently. He doesn't want to come off the <laughs> bench or something. I, I. He sucks. I hate him. How do you feel about Wiggins? Kelly Oubre, still? not. I'm not a fan of you. I like Wiggins. He puts his head down and gets 18 points and tries hard on defense. It's still we I'm talk about this it. all the time. Pay him but too that's, much. That's still ridiculous to me. But that, that Wiggins is is the model teammate still. It's what a guy. Yeah, I, it, yeah, he's what a guy. Um, he's unrestricted. What do we got on actually? Uh, yeah. Oh hell yeah, good riddance. See yeah, you, he's gonna. I don't um, know if he's gonna get paid or he's not. He's gone. But fuck him. I was gonna say Kelly. sign and trade would have been uh, maybe smart with him if there is a team that's willing. Go miss the first thirty threes of the year with another team. Um, all right, next thing. Let's stay in the West. I got two more topics on the NBA before we wrap up with NFL. Um, how real? If you had to give it a percentage shot, because we could talk about this for an hour, but I want to go a sure. little quicker. How realistic? Now that the Nuggets, we're gonna say, are out of it. How realistic do you think it is that the Jazz or Suns make the NBA Finals? Uh, like, what do you want? What do you want? Like a very likely? Yes. Would you say what is so Lakers? Assuming LeBron and AD are healthy, we have Lakers one mm-hmm. in the West. Would you have Clippers two and then Jazz Suns, or how would you do that two through four? I guess is what I'm asking. That's what I'm yes. talking about. How do we do the top four in the West? Then? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I have Lakers, Clippers still one and two, and the the Jazz Suns still behind them. I, I don't really, I. It's hard to say which one's better right now. I kind of like the Suns a little bit more, but it kind of I I feel like the mm-hmm. I don't know Donovan Mitchell's been playing really well lately. On top of that, a little too much ISO, but like yeah, that team just is still scary if they can hit their He's threes. Um, here here's the thing though is I think it really depends, and this is kind of a cop out answer, but it really depends on the seating. If they can avoid either LA team until the conference finals, that's they, they obviously their their chances of going up is is insane but like i mean if they have to play yeah, well, both the clippers and lakers uh in back-to-back rounds yeah and even they, in round one the other thing them. though yeah. josh let's say suns they have the two seed right now i think they'll probably keep it um they play the mavericks in the first round i might bet i would bet i would maybe take the mavericks in that series so i guess that kind of answers our question of yes the jazz and suns are having this regular season success but in the end, star power. It just, is that- yeah, Chris Paul still in the playoffs. As great as he is in the regular season, I, I, I'm still just worried about that. Where eventually, if he just tries to push himself more, he's still 35, 
and I, I don't know. He's He's got a lot of injury history, and if he's just, like, not 100%, I'm worried that this team could fall apart. And if Aiden is, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, what's a good word for Aiden? Uh, like, if he, if he just doesn't look like he belongs there for, like, a solid stretch of mm-hmm. games. He's a daring Yeah, headlights. that's that's a good way to put out it. The one guy I'm, I'm I have no concern over though is Devin Booker. Is I I think he's gonna he's yeah, gonna he's a bit, he's, he's gonna, gonna become like a gonna superstar. Ball. I think this playoffs. I mean he already kind of is, but I think he's uh-huh. gonna be like the Murray bubble performance type thing where it's gonna be just, just like fucking Nova high and it's it's gonna be ridiculous. I mean, dude, you think about the young guards in the West: Mitchell Murray. Obviously, no Murray this year, which sucks. But Mitchell Murray Booker, the firepower. It's, it's incredible. incredible. Um, another quick quick question for you before we go to nfl um right now i I think we should just do this every week for the rest of the (laughs) until we get to the finals or to the series bucks or 76ers to um to face the nets and challenge them who would you take today i will start i will take the bucks i think the bucks with drew holiday this year i think they did over they paid a little too much for him but he's been incredible you kind of take gotta take what you can do i think Giannis has it's hard. To, it's weird to say this after a guy got like two MVPs, but he's taken another leap this year into where I trust him a little more down the stretch. Um, and we did quickly earlier mention Ben Simmons's offensive regression this year, which has just been weird the last month or so. So I'll take the Bucks, but it's very close. What do you add? Yeah. Josh? So you're saying in a in a seven game series against each other, or just yeah, yes. Uh, that that's really tough because I kind of agree with you. I kind of think Milwaukee wins out, but I'm I'm gonna make the case for Philly because I do kind of like Philly okay. in general and I also think Philly has a better shot I'm I this is a little side to it but I think they have a better shot against Brooklyn than Milwaukee does personally just because the size um mm-hmm. I think that's yeah, fair the one thing is it, it's it's not Embiid it's not Simmons it's I think it's Tobias Harris I think is the x factor here where if he can stay as good as he's been in the playoffs, if he can carry this over, which we haven't really seen, so it is a big ask of him. Yeah. But if he can carry over the same kind of confidence and shot making that he's been doing, even while Embiid was out, I mean, he he was their best player when Embiid was out, and it's insane with Ben Simmons also on the floor as well. Yeah. Uh, we haven't seen George Hill yet either. I I just think that this team is going to be insane. Their 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 like eight man rotation is just going to be fucking dogs. And I think the sizes might overwhelm. I don't know because I don't know if Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday defensively, is going to be enough for like I don't know who you put him on Ben Simmons. Like it doesn't like that doesn't that kind of cancels out. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's a good point. So I, I mean, like that's like a very niche part of that argument. But like it's I, yeah, I, I think I like the Sixers. I'm talking myself into that, and I think Embiid is just going to be Embiid. Giannis is going to be a an incredible matchup and it's inevitable i want I it so too. bad i want I, it so 100%. bad want it so and bad. i but i still think i'm gonna take um, Embiid with the slight edge over that in that matchup and and sixers in general okay um well we'll check back on that again next week as well as we'll talk a little more nba again like i said a little shorter of a pod today let's wrap up with this uh julian edelman retires josh um which obviously sparked a giant debate of uh, is he a Hall of Famer or not. Um, I, here's here's how I'll say I see, like, a lot of shit being thrown at Julian Edelman now of, like, oh, he doesn't have this in the regular season, he doesn't have that. I understand if you don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but just personally from my perspective, 
the numbers and the accolades that he has achieved in the playoffs and those moments he was a part of and how clutch and how great he was year after year, to me, personally, I think he's a Hall of Famer. He made big, giant plays, like, constantly in the biggest moments. And if you think about, like, a receiver who is technically better than Julian Edelman, but, like, I guess, like, I guess A.J. Green, Calvin Johnson, like these guys, you'd probably rather have Edelman's career if you're them. And yes, I guess his numbers just alone on the regular season, he's not a Hall of Famer, but I kind of, I give way more of a shit about what you do in the playoffs than your numbers in the regular season. So that's why I think he's a Hall of Famer. And I just, I don't know, I guess my argument isn't, because we can get that, that argument going for 20 minutes of whether he's a Hall of Famer, but... I just think that the postseason success, that means so much because isn't that what matters? Isn't at the end of the day when you're playing in the National Football League or you're playing in the NBA, playing in the MLB, isn't winning a fucking Super Bowl or a championship the ultimate goal? That's how I view it. I get, everything else is relative. I just want to fucking win the championship. That I want to win it all. And Julian Edelman, time and time again, did that and proved to be a big asset. So I say he's a Hall of Famer. What do you think after that spiel? Yeah, so here's the thing is I, I agree with you. I think he is a he should be a Hall of Famer. I just I don't know if it's if it's a numbers thing or just the resume is gonna be enough still though because I don't for the record, really quick before mm-hmm. you finish, I think he should be a Hall of Famer. I don't think he That's, will I'm, be I'm I agree. Like I don't think yeah, yeah, and and it's as shitty as it is to say, but it's just I, I, it's so hard to get in as a skill position player because they really prioritize longevity and like numbers over career than like uh, short dominance. Which I mean, Edelman's kind of had both, but like more so the short dominance and the fact of like playoffs. But whatever. Um, but yeah. like to mm-hmm. the point where like uh, I I can't really think of a skill position player, but like. Uh, like Marshawn Lynch, do you think Marshawn Lynch is going to be a Hall of Famer? Uh, I don't know. Heinz Ward didn't become so get in the Hall of Fame. Of, that's that's where I, Reggie Wayne isn't in the Hall. I of think fame. he will be though, right? I mean, he's Reggie Wayne's got to make it. I feel he has so many records on top of that. But the I think people combine uh, really quick. I think two things are true. I think people combine Julian Edelman and Wes Welker's <laughs> career, and I think that people overrate Reggie Wayne because they kind of think that like they associate part of what Marvin Harrison did with Reggie Wayne. If that makes oh, you're kind of right. I don't know. Actually, that's just, you're right. Like you kind of forget. It's like, well, yeah, you, people say this shit about Reggie Wayne. It's like, well, Marvin Harrison was like way better. Like, are you part of that is kind of, but like, it's the longevity. I think that that's true. Just because of Manning, it's Manning and Brady. Ab- absolutely. Right. So, but Harrison was the longevity. Wasn't a problem with Harrison. He was just earlier. Like he was older. Yeah. But, like he was there. I'm just for, saying Reggie Wayne had number like longer career like numbers over a longer stretch of time. I'm saying is like he had, but again, then Harrison. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. it. Might not be true. Um, I'm I'm kind of talking about my ass. I think it's true. This. I think it's true out of Edelman. I don't think it's true out of that's Harrison. That's fair. Uh, I think they both should. I'm be. pretty sure Marvin Harrison's a weird fucking dude. <laughs> I've, I think I've seen his like, like Twitter. You, you're right. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think it's like straight Carl Malone vibes, but I'm, we're but, talking about some yeah, weirdos, Josh. <laughs> just to get back to it, it's just so much easier. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's just so much easier to make the Hall of Fame 
as a quarterback. Like where Eli Manning is I, I don't know I don't know where we stand on that debate either. Uh, to this day, everyone will disagree with me. I I I think Philip Rivers should be in the I, Hall of Fame. Well, no one else agrees with me. Oh whatever. But you know what's gonna happen? He's gonna make the Hall of Fame. That's gonna happen. Whether or not that that's right or what's that's gonna happen because of being a quarterback in the how the longevity of that position compared to others in football. Like you're you're making a point with receivers. That's exactly right. You're I, also I just looked up Harrison versus Wayne. Yeah, their stats are like eerily similar, and uh, Wayne played like a season and a half more than him. So there you go. I guess Harrison did have the better career. Uh, just yeah, slightly less. Underrated Wayne a little. Though. Yeah, yeah. No, I. The the thing is, Wayne just has like weird numbers. Like I, that was the thing I knew too. It's just his numbers are so inflated with Manning in a good way. I don't mean to slight him in that sense, but like yeah. Uh, but back to to the Edelman thing. I I think more people in the Hall of Fame the better. I don't think we should necessarily completely lock out players just for like stupid reasons. Like I think Eli Manning. I think Philip Rivers. Who fucking cares. It's the exactly. Hall of Fame. They all deserve to be not all, Gives but like shit. They, all the. The players that are in this discussion, I feel like, should be in it. Because Edelman is one of the most... Like, he's, like, the top five. If you're going to tell the story of the 2000s, exactly. if you're a storyteller, and you're going to tell the story of the NFL from 2000 to 2020, or 2010 to 2020, you're going to fucking mention Julian Edelman because the dude has a Super Bowl MVP. Absolutely. And it's not like he just has a Super Bowl MVP. He had consistent... He's the second-best playoff receiver ever. Yeah. To Jerry Rice. The, That's the catch he made in the, uh, what was it, 2016, 17? Oh, Atlanta. The Atlanta Super Bowl? That was Atlanta, yeah. I think. The, the fingertip basically that one. Still one of the best catches I think I've ever seen in, in my life. And it's... That might be the best catch I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, so there, there you go. I mean, that alone, put that fucking catch in the Hall of Fame along with Edelman. I, it's it's as simple as that. And then with the Edelman shit, the best part always is like, you, we talk about all these moments, and then it's like, and then look at him. He just worked his fucking ass. He's quarterback, off. and he a five foot eleven yeah, quarterback. He, they thought he could be a safety. They thought he could be on special teams. He could do everything. He just worked they played his him ass at corner. off. He's seventh round pick. I, I'm a big Julian Edelman fan, so maybe I, I, I'm a I like biased, him. But, uh, He's a Jewish athlete as well. Do you know how fucking rare Jewish athletes are that are successful on top of that? Incredibly Incredible. rare. Great, great for Edelman. Like I, I, he, one Patriot. I, I feel really like I'm like. blanking on a. There's one Josh other Rosen. that I'm just complete. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Rosen didn't know that. There's no wait. There's no no one in the NBA. No, I, not that I can think of. Um, I should know that, but there there is. I think there's been. Oh, it was it was actually what I was thinking of is I think um about four or five years ago, the Kings drafted the first ever like person from like the country of India. <laughs> I think a center a center. So he's the first ever like Indian born player in the NBA. That's insane. I think that's what it was. That's what I might be confusing. Oh, no. There was a player, Omri Caspi. He was so good at 2K. Do you remember Omri Caspi? Yes. Yeah, actually, I do. Um, I, Is he not Jewish? I don't think so, but I, I could be wrong. I thought he was. But the one the one name that I did, he is. He is, actually. I'm so sorry. I was going to say I thought he was Israeli, uh, but also Denny Abdia is what I, I it was like. I want to say they just drafted somebody into it that that is also Jewish. So yeah, Denny Abdia. Oh yeah, I got his. I had to use his card in a two K my team challenge. He's, I like him. My team is. So I like good. him a lot too, Abdia. But yeah, Edelman. Mm-hmm. I one hundred percent. Phil, you know Eli, Roethlisberger. 
put them all in the Hall of Fame. Put them all put in. All. Legends. I am. On that positive note, let's wrap up. Uh, another thing, Josh, this is a message to you and to all the listeners out there. If you have not already, and I'm assuming you haven't, go check out a new single from the Olsen Brothers called Molly. If you don't know, Olsen Brothers are a band started by Luke Olsen, who used to be the lead singer of the Walters. Oh. Um, yeah, exchanged a DM with him today. So we're on that level. We're that good Interview of friends. Question? Yeah. Okay. One day, Josh, one day one day um but yeah so check that song out molly by the olsen brothers pretty fucking good if you like the walters josh always a pleasure talking to you my friend um and then shout out to marley who was just laughing at me when i was talking about my experience exchanging dms (laughs) with my guy but maybe she's just jealous because i'm big time um josh always a pleasure talking to you this has been the pineapple couch episode 90 we'll see you next week we're gonna sure be talking about all sorts of nerdy marvel shit NBA, MLB, the usual. See you next time.